Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Basketball Strong Podcast. I'm Tim DeFrancesco, and I'm here with my co-host, Phil White. This podcast is not just for basketball junkies. It's for anyone who loves to hear the human stories behind great people. Our mission is to bring experts, legends, and hidden gems from within and surrounding the game to one place so we can share their stories and insight with you. You'll hear the stories behind the game, including trials and tribulations, setbacks, wins, losses, and lessons. Before we jump into this episode, Phil and I need your help. Take a moment to smash that follow and subscribe button, and then go leave us a review. The follow and subscribe button is that little plus sign on the top right if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And that's what's going to help us to reach as many people as possible and share with you how we can all be living a basketball strong life. That is what Phil and I are here to do. So we appreciate it and thank you in advance. This isn't just a podcast. It's a community and it's a movement. And we want it to feel that way. So be sure to visit us at www.basketballstrongpodcast.com. And you can also email us directly at Tim, that's T-I-M, at basketballstrongpodcast.com. We want to hear from you, so take us up on that. If you subscribe, give us a review, and drop us an email, we'll send you a Basketball Strong t-shirt and then automatically enter you in our rolling premium prize giveaway contest. And I'm telling you, you won't want to miss that. Now, let's go get Basketball Strong. Our guest today is Brianna Butler. Brianna comes back for part two of the time that she spent with us here on the Basketball Strong podcast. If you missed part one, go check it out. Brianna played in the WNBA and acts currently in her role as the founder of Power Portions. Through Power Portions, she serves pro athletes and clients of all levels with her background as a registered dietitian and nutritionist. As Brianna says, she exists so that athletes and multitasking millennials can use food to sustainably improve their lifestyle and function at their optimal levels. She was a pro baller. Now she's an entrepreneur, a dietitian, a wife, and a mother. In this episode, Brianna picks up right where she left off on part one by sharing how a pattern of injuries could be due to a gap in nutrition some of her favorite nutrition tips for athletes, and how to reap the benefits of mindful eating amongst so, so much more. You can follow Brianna on Instagram where she is at the Athletician, or you can go to at power underscore portions. Be sure to visit power portions at www.gopowerportions.com. Now, Let's get into the conversation. Brianna, you, you talked a couple uh, of different sort of um, angles of injuries related to nutrition. Um, you know, the, the, the aspect that you brought up earlier in terms of uh, rash of injuries that maybe can't be really explained very well, could be indicative potentially of, um, you know, always multifactorial, but could one of the factors there could be a, uh, a gap in nutrition or nutrition habit um, uh, limitations. And so, uh, but, but also, so I, I'd love you to, for you to sort of double click on that portion and then 
if you kind of just dovetail into when the injury does strike, which as competitors, as athletes, it's, it's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, then what nutrition, uh, can play the role that nutrition can play within the rehab process. Yeah, absolutely. So the first part in regard to injury risk. So a lot of that has to do with underfueling just in general. So if you're not getting enough calories in, you're not getting enough nutrients. So you look at the bone, right. And the certain nutrients, we already have a lot of, a lot of athletes that are deficient in vitamin D just in general, but you're also, you know, not, maybe not getting enough vitamin K, you're not getting enough calcium, you're not getting enough of anything. Right. Um, and so you're really leaving your bones open for injury. Um, and not just bones, right. You're also dealing with the potential for soft tissue injuries as well. You know, mm -hmm. you're not getting enough nutrients in to really help your body and your muscles function the way they need to. So if they don't have enough energy in there, glycogen, whatever other nutrient, they're not going to be able to give you the power that they need. And then when they are trying to give you that power, not there. And you end up with tears, you end up with strains, you end up with all these things that could have been prevented, right? Or maybe maybe so even that you, chronic sickness too, right? Or just yes, you know, always feel, or feeling like you have a permanent cold or whatever we see. Because yes. then the immune system's like, well, I need the building blocks, you know, some of those, some of that protein. I want those amino acids for yep. antibodies and the, exactly. you know, form NK cells and microphage mm -hmm. stuff and all that. And then, yep. man, so yeah. Like that sickness yeah. injury combo can be pretty brutal. And then like you oh, were yeah. saying earlier, like with these fad diets, well, now mm -hmm. it's like everyone's getting there and not to knock people that really have, you know, my son has a dairy allergy and my older son has mm -hmm. a much worse Trina allergy. So I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about people who are allergic, but you know, even you go to the coffee shop and someone's like, do you have rice milk? And then the next person's yeah. like, do you have oat milk? Do you have almond milk? And you're like, yeah. not that everybody, you know, there aren't, legitimate reasons either it's you know someone's diet you know from their religious background mm -hmm. or it's you know a real sensitivity or allergy but this whole dairy free thing seems to be a thing and like you were saying with the calcium mm -hmm. like a bone two but two people's bones may look like the same from the outside mm -hmm. even the same thickness or length or whatever but if you were to cut that in half and be like man that yep. one's almost hollow and the other's nice and strong so the yes. calcium thing do you think that that's a, a growing problem around like fad diets and anti-dairy and all that oh definitely that's a huge i mean and there's two things that you mentioned so yes the calcium and like the the dairy changes and people thinking that you know you've got oat milk and you're comparing it to dairy milk the two profiles are completely different um yes you might have nut-based milks that might be fortified with nutrients, but even still the profile might not look the same. So oat milk doesn't even have protein, you know, so right. Right. You some, of that, some of that artificial milk. stuff put, put back in, right. Yeah. The, the form that they put it in is the cheapest they can make it. And yep. it may not even be bioavailable. So yeah, you might exactly. see, well, this has more D three, you know, vitamin D than mm -hmm. the normal. So therefore it doesn't matter. I'm not getting out in the sun much because I'm yep. playing the whole season indoors. And it's like, well, that statement's wrong all the way around. <laughs> Your yes, body can't absorb exactly. this cheap vitamin D. They're throwing in this oat milk. And two, yes. yeah, you do have to actually get outside. And even in the winter, you're going to have mm -hmm. to supplement, even if you're in SoCal or somewhere sunny or Florida, yep. doesn't matter because your body's that yep. weak old winter sun isn't even going to be helping. So you've got that like weird exactly. interplay and mistakes around not just calcium, but mm -hmm. your micros now with vitamin D yes. and with vitamin K and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and bioavailability is huge. So just like you mentioned, you know, you might have something that's fortified, 
but it might not it might not actually get absorbed the way your you fruity, want you know? your, your fruity pebbles or your cocoa puffs yeah. or whatever are fortified but i'm not sure that that's yeah. really doing the thing as if you're eating exactly. fruit and vegetables right yeah well and what we'll see also you know with the fad diets is okay let's take veganism for example and that's not necessarily a fad it can be it really can be a sustainable diet for some people um and depending on why you're choosing it it might be the route to go but um, let's just take veganism. So we might have an athlete that is just like, oh, you know, I see that, you know, I saw what the health or I saw whatever, you know, and I'm like, or Kyrie Irving did it. Or, Kyrie, or Serena. Yeah. yeah or whoever. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, or Venus. And it's like, okay, well that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and it's like, <clears throat> so I'm just going to have rice and bread and I'm going to have the fruit of pebbles and I'm going to have, you know, these chips over here, or I'm going to go to get these French fries because they didn't have anything else on the meat. And it's like, okay. So let's look at what you're not getting now, right? And you're talking about you don't have, um, you, you really can't get through your workouts. Well, let's look at your iron. Let's look at your ferritin. Let's look at all these levels. And you're, you're deficient, right? You are anemic. Yeah, B, you, B vitamins as well, right? B vitamins. Yeah. You know, we're looking at your B12. That's not there. You know, we're looking at all these different things and you just, you don't have the nutrients there. And then our vitamin D and then our calcium, all these things that now you have to supplement for, because you're not getting anything at all in your diet. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of, all right, why are you doing what you're doing? What is your reasoning behind that? And if this is something you're really serious about, how can we approach it in a better way that's more comprehensive? Mm. What can we put in? What do you want to take out? What do we want to, you know, what, what, how can we meet in the middle so that we can really make sure you're where you need to be as opposed to just stripping you all the way down you might say, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And if I am coming at you like a bull and I'm like, no, you're not, where are we going to go? Right. We're not, we're not going to get anywhere. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's like, all right, well, let's, let's talk about it. You know, how can we get from point A to point B so that you and I can collaborate and create a pathway that's going to really be helpful for you. So that's really important. Um, And something else you mentioned was like the immune system. And you think about, inflammatory responses, mediator responses, all of these different things. And if you're not putting the right nutrients in your body, what do you think is going to, you're going to have chronic inflammation, you know, and then you're going to be like, well, I'm not, you know, I don't feel the way I need to. And I feel like I'm always sore and I'm not recovering. I'm Well, let's look at your diet. Let's look at what are you putting in? What are you taking out? How can we get from point A to point B? So there's so many things, um, so many points, I think where nutrition and injury nutrition and overall health and well-being intersect they are not mutually exclusive they work together in a lot of different ways no i love that i kind of derailed your line of questioning td because i think this calcium thing and this vitamin d thing you know and then we see even with you know covid like diseases and not Mm going to make any stupid claims here or go full i won't mention the name of any podcast host but um you know we know that if you're deficient in zinc if you are deficient in vitamin d and you are deficient in vitamin c your immune system will not function correctly. And the, let's just say there will be consequences in, well, mm-hmm. and you will be predisposing yourself to certain things that mm-hmm. no other measures that may be recommended are going to fix. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean, the other, the other side of this, and Brianna, I'm, I'm curious, you know, for you to shed, you know, really open up the, the canister on this because <clears throat> it's not, 
I think a lot of people who haven't played either at a, a high level college um, sport environment or in, in professional sports assume that, especially in the pro level. And, and actually that's probably the place where it, it gets trickiest is that, you know, th this stuff, the best options are always right at your fingertips. But, you know, when you're in Poland and when you're even in the WNBA, I, I can't imagine that it's all right there, easy to get to. So even if you do have the well-intentioned person or the, the properly coached person, it, it could be challenging, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's part of the reason why I got into what I got into, because I, I was like, well, what do we have? The people that aren't in a league that has sports dietitians at their fingertips and aren't in a league that have uh, personal chefs that they can afford that aren't, you know, aren't able to get to this point where you can just call somebody and be like, hey, make sure I've got this ready to go. You know, send me my food. Send me, you know, you, not everyone has that access. And that is something that is, I think, not really understood um, or assumed as, you know, the outsiders looking in, they say, oh, you've got all this money. Why don't you just do this? Or you've got, you know, all these people at your fingertips. You don't. You really don't. Um, I know for me, WNBA, I had access to one dietitian, I believe. And that was when I was with the Indiana Fever. And um, I didn't take advantage at the time just because I don't know why. I probably just was too busy trying to make the team. Um, You're too but, busy playing how many, like 150 games a year here in abroad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some, you know, something like some small thing, so, some small thing like that, you know. You know, something like that. Um, so, but that was the one time I would say I had access to a dietitian. And, you know, you didn't even have, you know how in college you might have a whole spread, right? Of like snack bars, smoothie bars, all these things. We didn't have that. We didn't have that anywhere. Um, That's crazy. And so people might think that you do, but you don't. Um, all the things that you're going to have, you have to pay for it. You've got to go get it yourself. So if you want a dietitian, you probably will need to go hire one um, outside of your organization. You want a chef, you'll have to go hire one. You want meal prep, you have to go hire one. You want snacks, you got to go to the grocery store and get them. Um, and when you're overseas, you're either going to pack some stuff and ship it with you. Yeah. Someone will send you a care box or you're going to have to learn the language, go to, you know, the farmer's markets or the grocery stores over there and prepare your own thing. So it's not what people think. Um, it's very, it can be very difficult. And now, like I said, things are changing. So you have some organizations that are really trying to get on top of it um, in regard to resources and providing that stuff, but it's going to take some time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when I, in my time with the Lakers, I overlapped a lot with um, sort of being charged with, you know, nutritionally, what happens is, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're, in, you're not, you know, at some points in charge, but also working with, um, you know, licensed professionals that we would um, bring in. And, and it, it's, it's very hard for a couple of reasons. I think, I, I, you know, we get on this charter flight and there's literally like mini Snickers bars, Kit Kats and everything's falling out of the overheads, right? If they want them, yep. they just reach up, they grab them. Um, you know, you could order on a, a six hour flight. You could have a, the, you could have one of the, the, you know, people on the flight in, in terms of the serving crew, bring you a, a Coke every hour if you want it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think these things are all, and that was part of that is tradition. It is what was used to be stocked on those planes. Mm -hmm. And I worked hard to chip away and bring some different items in. Um, you know, the, the goal was never to, to strip 
what was there is just to inform mm-hmm. and let people make better decisions. But it's hard. And the other hard part is that not, I think a lot of people assume that, well, they're pro athletes. They, they, part of their job is to make good nutrition habits all the time, because that's part of what's going to make them better. And that's, that's not fair because that's not taking into account what that person was, you know, used to getting to that point, what they, what habits were, you know, what, what they have personally and, and, and how they deal with challenges and stress and it's a stressful environment and um, Mm -hmm. food, food overlaps with that. And, and so I, I always, you know, and I'm, I'm curious kind of how you look at, individual athletes, because I look at Meta World Peace, I look at Steve Nash, those were two individuals who were like, look, at this point in my career, I get it. I've made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. I've ignored it. I got away with some of it, but I can't anymore. And so I'm all in. I'm, uh, you know, they, they are very, those two individuals are very, um, you know, reflective. They're very kind of want to know the why on things and they want to turn over every stone, but not everybody's like that. So how do you meet people in, in the middle of where they're at? Yeah. Um, I think, oh man, that, that to me is the favorite part, my favorite part about why I'm in when I, what I do. Um, because, and so, well, let me go back a little bit. So today I actually saw a post that I think was on ESPN and it was, an NFL athlete showing like what we eat or what we do after uh, a game. And you saw him getting on the plane, like you saw the fried chicken post game meal and you saw like the candy and all that stuff. And I said, you know, let me go to the comments because I know what's going on here, but let me go to the comments. And I'm curious to see. And one of the first thing I saw is it's a shame these professional athletes are eating fried chicken and they've got all this candy and junk food and all these things. I'm thinking, well, you know, they just played a really hard game. There could be some emotions going on. Um, maybe that's something that they don't get all the time. So they finally get an opportunity to eat something that they really, really want and it's enjoyable to them. Um, and then, you know, also, you don't know who's actually choosing to eat it and who doesn't, but you do have to meet yeah. them in the middle. And I think that's the most important part is you got to have buy-in, right? So in order for you to really change, have that behavior change, right? When you look at behavior, behavior change theories and all that stuff, it's important to assess readiness, right? To make sure they're ready to actually change. Well, to even get to that point of where they're really ready, you have to have buy-in. They have to believe that you're really there for them. Um, And a lot of things that, that I'll, a lot of the conversations I have with athletes will start off with, look, I'm not here to remove everything from your diet. Okay. So I like to let them know all foods can potentially fit depending on what it is that you want to have. As long as there's no medical contraindications, then we can go from there. Right. But um, sometimes we have to balance some things out. And so I think number one, that allows them to let their guards down on a, on an individual level. When I'm meeting with them, it's like, Oh, okay. So let's talk, you know, what what is it that you have to say now? And so um, I remember vividly having a conversation with an athlete And I was educating him on, okay, do you understand what a carb is? And, you know, have you ever had a sweet potato before? We got into the conversation of sweet potato and he was like, yeah, I love sweet potatoes. And I said, wait a minute, are you talking about candy yams or are you talking about sweet potatoes? You know, 
And he was like, I'm talking about candy yams. Like, what, what else would you, you know? And yeah. so, <laughs> or, or in my case, sweet potato fries. Those are pretty good. Too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, you have these conversations and you realize, okay, there is space for education. There's space for me to meet you where you're at. There's space for me to say, okay, this is okay to have. Maybe you try this on a more regular basis as opposed to this, but maybe you do have this whenever you're really feeling like it. And so you're incorporating mindful eating, you're incorporating um, meeting them where they're at and cultural preferences. You're also allowing them to have some sort of decision-making in their nutrition process. And you're there to support that. And you're there to provide the research and say like, hey, I can answer your questions on this. You might think that this might be the route, but actually the research says this, you know, so maybe we can go this direction if you're open and willing to doing that. So there's so many ways that I try to navigate that with my athletes. But again, it starts with getting that buy-in and being able to even have the conversation. I love that you said that. that. Yeah, TD, um, you've talked to me a bit about before, like people label good and bad exercises or functional and non, well, that isn't functional or isolation versus functional. Um, Brianna, it's sounding a bit like you're saying we need to destigmatize some of these things a little bit and stop saying, like, stop trying to put in this, this culture of like almost puritanism where it's like, you're never allowed to have a drink. You're never allowed Mm -hmm. to go for a drive through. You're never allowed to have a bit of cocoa on top of your coffee or whatever it is you like to do there. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember there was a really, um, you probably remember, both remember seeing this. It was like an ESPN, the magazine story or something like that back in the day. And it was talking about the removal of PB and J from locker rooms in the NBA. Can you, do you remember seeing something like that? Um, and also about how the players rebelled. And then they got a couple of folks in your line and worked the way in and be like, well, actually, Maybe we, you know, we say, well, have you tried this kind of bread instead of the, you know, whatever it is, Wonder Bread or some kind of white bread? And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe there's this nut butter that's like Wild Friends or one of those great micro brands now, or even, you know, mm-hmm. some Justin's or one of the bigger brands you can find in Walmart or Target. And it's in, you know, maybe the jelly doesn't have to be like full high fructose. So maybe it's just mm-hmm. about supercharging that comfort food. And also somebody said, look, and they were talking about Steph Curry his particular love for this, you know, post-game or post-training, they were like, his body is a furnace. Like, do you know how many calories this guy's burning a day? And so if you really think that that PB&J is going to derail either his performance, recovery, or health, you're out of your mind. So, yeah, what's your take on that and that whole thing around, like, good versus bad or stigma versus non-stigma? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's culture today, right? So, in the culture that we live in today, it's extremism, it's about, right? It's very extremism. So it's it's my way or the highway, right? It's this food is not good for you. You should not. And if you don't agree with that, then cancel culture, right? So it's, it's, <laughs> right. it's or even so... disinformation, like the American Heart Association, because their buddies at Monsanto told them to say it is like coconut oil is bad for you, and you're like, what? What? Yeah. But then, yeah. you realize, then you realize what who's on their board and the connections they have to big agribusiness. But yeah, you're right. It's like there's even misinformation from government agencies or, you know, someone that, like the AHA. They got a lot of great information and mm-hmm. they can help you resuscitate someone. And they have great first aid courses. But coming out and saying coconut oil is bad for you, that's just farcical. Yeah. Yeah, you can. I mean, there's a lot of there's so much out there. That's the thing about the Internet. Um, and that's the thing about 
being able to put out digital media is it can get in a lot of places really, really quickly. And you don't have a ton of time to dispel it, right? So as soon as it hits the web, it's all over the place. PB and J's um, are bad. Get them out of like, NBA yeah, locker rooms. Exactly. Get them out of NFL locker Get them out of your house. And of course, you know, of course you're not going to have buy-in on that. Of course the athletes are going to rebel because they're like, you know, I, I shed my blood, sweat, and tears every single day and I can't have a PB and J. You know, right. like how dare you? Like I, I lay it all out on the line for you to come see me perform, for you to be entertained and also because it's a passion of mine. But like I refuse you know yeah. to give up my pb and j you well, know you can't so ever, someone's out seen see you know seeing like with their family getting ice cream and that's their routine like on a saturday mm -hmm. after the kids game win lose or draw yeah we take them out yeah. for and then it, then it's suddenly like oh they're a bad parent this is child exactly. abuse <laughs> exactly so we definitely we have to let that go you know we have to let that go um and you know, most of these athletes are not doing that on a consistent basis or what should I say? Just like eating overall, just non-nutritious foods on a regular basis. You know, their whole diet's not going to consist of that. Right. Um, but I will say like, you know, there, there are times to educate on what are some better options, you know, what might be some better options? How can we add to this? And I think that's really where a lot of dietitians are at this point in time. It's like, I'm not going to sit up here and say like mm -hmm. this food is off limits, but what can we add into your diet? If you know for sure, and this is something I, I, I talk to my athletes about, I always ask them, what is the one thing you know you don't want to give up? What do you have to have? You know, it might be ice cream. It might be, you know, I like to have some candy or I like to have a <laughs> glass have, of wine. You're going to you have know? to pry that from my dead lifeless fingers, exactly. like whatever that thing is. The non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah, come yeah, on TV. We're going to put you on the spot you here know? in a second. And <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll tell you I mine right now, I, cereal, man. I, I'm, I, I cannot go without my cereal. But uh, I'll tell you, the PBJ thing makes me chuckle because I learned. Did you see that, TD? Quick. You remember seeing it. that? I lived you it, lived man. it. Okay. I, I, okay. I learned real quick. You don't fool around with the Players Lounge PBJ setup. Uh, yep. you may, I tried to add in some Ezekiel bread options and some other, <laughs> you know, stuff, but you don't, you don't mess with that PB and J. Nice I, Ezekiel I, I bread reference. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> you got I your silver, silver Hill bakery, you know, pick your sprouted right. bread, right? I, uh, I learned real quick, but you know, the, and it's funny because I, <laughs> I think that it, it's, uh, you know, that's an example and you talk about it is you, you, you kind of really opened up the the eyes to a lot of people i think as you explained it brianna is there, think of a game day for for these players and what goes into and the stress that goes into that and the the magnifying glass that's on them and what something like a pb and j sandwich seems trivial it seems why do they need that that's that's not probably the best option um although it may not derail them completely why should why shouldn't they just be making only the best options is you know, the emotional ties that that sandwich has to people's childhood and where that brings them and where that puts them in a place on a game day, let alone if that became a ritual once they got into the league or before they got yep. there and that kind of thing. And that that's, that's massive. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, an example that I have too is um, of, of like you 
brought up Brianna exactly right. There are though places, there's battles worth picking and there's ways to educate. Here, here is a swap that we, we could make that, that won't be this really emotionally bound or charged, you know, swap. So Antoine Jamison had, he was in the, the latter stages of his career when I had him with the Lakers and he had a habit at halftime. Um, the ball, one of the ball boys would always put a, uh, a Snickers bar in his locker at during the first half and it'd be there for him. That would be the first thing he grabbed when he sat down, coach would come in, he'd be in a Snickers. That was his thing. So, you know, I, I didn't say a lot as I got, I just let myself, I let he and I get to know each other a little bit and, and eventually you know, something came up like, yeah, the other night in the second half, I was, I was just feeling like I crashed and that kind of thing. And I, you, I chose that opportunity to say, Hey, let's talk a little bit about that Snickers yep. bar. If you, if, are you, where's that from? Is that something that your grandfather gave you a Snickers at halftime of your, you know, little league or of your, your elementary school games? And if so, let's not touch it because there's a lot yep. of emotional ties to that. No, no. He's like, I don't know. I just, the, the, when I first got into the league, they, they had them, the, the ball boys were eating them one day and I grabbed one and I just started doing it. I was like, okay, well, maybe we can, would you be open to making a swap there for something like a, mm -hmm. a you know, a, a, a nut butter that's got a little mm -hmm. bit of chocolate hazelnut that's got mm -hmm. that sort of, I'll, I'll try that, you know? And, and so part of it's the individual part of it was the time in his career. He was mm -hmm. willing to, you know, make a choice, but it was also me, you know, having, you know, learned the hard way of, you know, what not to, how not to go in, like you said, like a bull and, and say, I got yep. a better decision for you. And, um, and then kind of navigating it. So, you know, he, he had a, he had a, uh, a chocolate hazelnut nut butter for the, the latter half of that season. And he was perfectly happy. And, and, um, yep. you know, we made some, some choices, but I, I love how you talked about it that way. And, you know, I think that it can be, food is such a polarizing topic. And, and, mm -hmm. and so when people realize, and when the end users, in this case, the, the athletes or, or the people that you're working with, um, realize that this isn't, you, you all, not everybody has to eat like the most strict version of what you think of that might mm -hmm. work for a few people. And often even that is hard to sustain for even those people mm -hmm. that are very disciplined. So I love how you, you, you put that together and, and kind of, you know, just, I can just tell having so much experience going down that path the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's, that to me is the most important thing is just the athlete knowing, Hey, we can figure this out together. It's not right. me versus you. You know what I mean? It's, we're going to work together and we're going to figure out what's going to work best for you because what works for you might not work for your teammate. It yeah. might not work for this other person. Right. So um, and there's so many things that play an important role in figuring out what that nutrition picture looks like for a person. You right. know, it's not just the science. Oh, and that's where a lot of people might go wrong, too. It's like, oh, the science says this. And it's like, well, you're not <laughs> yeah, the person, we got, we you got too used to saying that in our society. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. like with the Bible being quoted out of context for, from some mm -hmm. sometimes not good folks. You yep. can take, you can make up these phrases with "I default to the science" or "the science says" in anything. But I love what you you said, TD too, is like with his grandfather. If that had been the case, you weren't gonna, you right. were just gonna shut up and, and be like, "Oh, well, that's cool, yeah, awesome, yeah. man," yeah. you know, yeah. or if yeah, whatever the thing was. So, so yeah. then you bring in, like you were saying, Brianna, like we have to look at the whole human. Is basically what you're saying, right? We have to look at 
emotional. You mentioned mindset. We have to look at psychological. Mm -hmm. We have to look at technical, tactical. We have to mm -hmm. look at all these different things. And really what, what you're both talking about, I think, is, is con the value of context and, get, and also yes. con context plus connection. And then maybe you can make a few co corrections or a few suggestions and also choice. Yep. I love what you've said around, you know, you said a couple of times, Brianna, in different ways, like, you know, I could mandate this, but one, they're probably just going to tell me to go somewhere else or, or, uh, <laughs> or, or not listen. So there'd be a compliance issue. But two, you know, you don't have to treat them like they're, they're three and they're about to put their hand on the stove because we're right. not talking exactly. about a three-year-old that's about to pull a pan of boiling water down on their mm -hmm. head. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Brianna, can you talk? You you touched on it briefly, but I, I want to open it right up and get into this this notion and this idea of mindful eating. And and mm -hmm. um, you talked mindset earlier, but mindful actual practice of mindful eating. What is that? How do you help people to understand that and then and then put it into play? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when it comes to mindful eating, you know, you're really incorporating mindfulness into your eating behaviors. Okay, so um, with the idea of mindfulness, it's essentially being in tune with yourself, what's going on around you, the experience that you're having. And so when you're pairing that with your eating experience and your eating behaviors, it's being present during your eating times, during your meals, um, really feeling the food, tasting the food, experiencing it and chewing it and also giving identification to the feelings that you have behind why you chose that food. Why did you choose the meal that you chose? Um, how do you feel now that you've eaten it? All of these things play an important role in mindful eating. Um, and the benefits are there. I mean, obviously there's so much more research that has to be had when it comes to mindful eating. It's definitely not where it needs to be, right? So we don't have these standards for mindful eating and like this overall benefit for the athlete. Matter of fact, when you look at, look for research around mindful eating and athletes, there's not a ton um, mm. at all, you know? It, so. Yeah. Is that partly oh, like you were saying um, TD and Brianna, you touched on it too. Is that partly because the routine is so chaotic? So, you know, get whether it's game day or it's, Oh crap, I'm going to miss the team bus and they're going to find me X amount. I got to just grab yep. something like you were saying with Anton with his, Snickers bar TD, it was convenience, right? It's there. So why wouldn't mm -hmm. I? And then again, a, a, a random decision. If you repeat it, then you, you start to groove a habit. So is that partly, yeah. you know, going back to your playing days where it was unmindful eating maybe because mm -hmm. things were so hectic and there's so many factors in play. And, and like you said, oh, two days, I got to be on a plane to Europe or China. And then mm -hmm. at the end of that, yep. two days later, I got a report for training camp and I'm coming off. I mean, China, you're talking like yeah. whole day travel you got 48 hours <laughs> exactly. to report. So is, is it is the professional lifestyle and even everyone's life, the everyday Joe or Jane or mom or dad that's listening um, mm -hmm. or young athlete, they're like, yeah, well, I'm trying to keep a 4-0 in school when I'm playing three sports. So is is yeah. our lifestyle, whether it's a pro athlete or an everyday person or an amateur somewhere, is, is, that, is there a bit of um, dissonance there between unmindfulness and then this mindfully thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have a lot of distractions, you have a lot of responsibilities, um, a lot of things that come into play that can impact the amount of time that you even have to sit down to eat a meal, right? So some people don't even have that. Or um, even if you don't ever sit down, like on the go, just you grab whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It could be, you know, you're always in the car, you're, you know, you're headed from here to there. And that's when you get to eat. 
Um, or you're standing up and you've got to, you know, with the, for those athletes that I have with kids, you know, even my mom athletes, they're dealing with the kids and they're, you know, trying to do this and then they're trying to go train. And when do they have the time, you know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of that going on for sure. And I mean, I even, you just think about a college athlete. I kind of go back to my college days. Um, when my sister and I were talking about this, we're like, okay, did we ever incorporate this? And I said, well, no, because when you think about, you know, a, a game day, right? So we would get quiz about our scouting report during, um, it was either like right before pregame meal or like during pregame meal or something like that. So in your meals prior to that, you're studying the scouting report. You're, you're, you're not even looking at your meal. You're eating because you know you need to, but you're, it's not, that's not where your focus is. Your focus is, all right, I cannot get this answer wrong because this is going to be a problem, you know, if I am not able to answer the questions from the scouting report during pregame. So, you know, you're dealing with that stress. Then you're also dealing with the stress of, okay, what's our, what is our record right now? Do we need to win this game? And by how much, you know what I mean? What's on the line if we don't, you know, what are my stats looking like? What do I need to, you know, if I want to go to the next level and there's scouts in the stands, I need to perform this game, you know? So there's all the stressors, the mental stressors that are going on, let alone environmental, let alone your schedule, right? Well, the phone these days, right? Not like when we were growing up there. You're probably doing the scouting report while posting on Instagram if you're a college (laughs) while while trying to eat. Then you you realize you put your phone in your mouth and you post uh, to your fork or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a highly polarizing athlete too, you know, you have to deal with everyone's opinions that come with their little Twitter fingers, you know, that they can like get Charles Barkley said, you know? some yeah. some guy sitting in at 45 yard and his wife beater in his mom's basement coming at me. Well, come on, yeah. come on. <laughs> you know, all in your DMs, you know, all in your comments. Right. That's something you've got to deal with. Whereas before, you know, when social media wasn't what it is now, you didn't really have to deal with that. You might have dealt with hecklers like games and stuff like that, but you, you weren't dealing with people just like having direct access to you as an athlete feeling as though they know your whole life and that they could beat you one-on-one and, you know, so it's like all those things that come into play that you think about that you really don't realize are a distraction during mealtime. And so when you're doing that and you're distracted, you're not chewing your food properly, right? You're so you, and I mentioned this on our, um, our IG live, then you've got a brick of food sitting in your stomach fermenting and you're wondering why you're dealing with cramping. You're wondering Mm. why you're dealing with diarrhea or constipation or you're vomiting and you've got all these things sitting in your gut, right? Your microbiota is off. You've got all these things, right? That are impacting you as an athlete that you don't realize that you're actually tagging to something else as, oh, maybe I just ate something bad this day, or maybe it's, maybe I can't have this particular, no, you know, you, you literally sat there and inhaled your food and now you're dealing with the issues on the back end, right? Right. Um, Not normal when you go the to the stress. athletic trainer and ask every game exactly. day for the Pepto. Hey, can I get, you know, not normal, not normal, right? Exactly. I mean, and you just, you think about the anxiety that athletes deal with too. And I, I mentioned this a lot about blood, blood flow to the gut. Okay. If you're highly stressed and you're not getting the blood flow that you need, your cortisol levels are through the roof. You're not getting that oxygen to the stomach. What has happened to your gut motility? It doesn't happen the way it needs to, right? So it's not moving things through the way it's supposed to. Suddenly so you're you got dealing smooth, with all this. Suddenly you got a smooth move tea subscription or something. Yeah, you got <laughs> lifetime, <laughs> life, lifetime. Or you got that prune juice. Yeah, like why is exactly. your car- 
you you see your friend at the store and they're like, why is your cart full of prune juice? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No reason. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. You know, I I'm just fine. need to clean me out every now and then. Yeah, I'm fine. No, that's not normal. So it, it like, in the, and that's why I try to let athletes know there are red flags. There are things that mm. you might not realize is a red flag, but it is, you know, and then when you really dive into it and you look at what's going on, it's like, well, you know, if you actually took some time to sit down and really eat your meal and undistracted, you did some deep breathing, got some oxygen flowing to the gut and really got that gut warmed up and moving around, you might be able to digest your, your, your food a little bit more because beyond the mechanical digestion that happens with the chewing, then you have the chemical, you have all the things that, that play a role in digestion and it starts in the mouth and it goes all the way through. So there's so many pieces to the puzzle and it can really start by just sitting down, put your feet on the ground, put your phone down, turn the screens off, pay attention to your meal, pay attention to your body, listen to your hunger and fullness cues and actually have that experience. Oh, I love that. Um, and, and when, when I, in my co-author Jim and, and um, from the leader's mind, and I talk about slowing down, he says there's a great Ben Hogan story where people would be like, Ben, you seem to be in slow motion on the day of a tournament, right? A golf tournament. Obviously, it's multi-day. You know, do they even make the first cut? They just want to get the Sunday, right? And they probably want to speed mm -hmm. up. I just want to get through, make the cut, get the Sunday and do my thing. But he said Hogan would, you know, he'd, he'd talk a little slower. He'd eat a little slower. He'd dress a little slower, you know, changing mm -hmm. that kind of out of his street clothes in, into his golf clothes. He'd, he'd even drive a little slower. And physically... That would then put back into his mentality this patience and taking your time and not feeling yep. pressured and not feeling out of control. So I love that what you're saying is is this on the other end, but it's part of the same cycle, right? And round and mm -hmm. round it goes. So you're either spinning up all the time because of these yep. inputs or you're slowing yourself down in a good way. But our culture doesn't value that, right? Like we're in this Henry Ford mentality where. Henry Ford didn't invent cars, right? He invented a, a, the assembly line, right? And somebody will be in the comments now. No, he didn't. That came out of Japan <laughs> in 1812. Like, oh, shut up. We don't care. Breathe. You're going to get through it. It's fine. We can agree to disagree. But <laughs> since then, and since in factories, when people were starting, when we had the artificial light with Edison, Edison did a lot of good things for mm -hmm. us. Factory shift work was not one of them, right? Now there's all these production experts and their timing. How long I saw at Starbucks, I'd never seen this until the other day. They have a timer running from the time you get in the drive-through and they average out how long each worker, if they're on the, you know, whether mm. they're taking the order or they're making the coffee, and they try to get that time down for someone that comes in the drive-through and they're timed on this. And this is a KPI, it's a performance metric. Wow. And all these books around cram more in your day, wake up mm -hmm. at 4 a.m., do everything. You know, how do you fit yeah. more, more, more in your day? So it seems like mm -hmm. fundamentally from the way our industry has run since the day of the light bulb with Edison, since the day of Henry Ford with the production line, to biohackers saying, okay, well, one, you can take this handful of supplements and then eat whatever you want as long as you're taking these yeah. 50 parentheses, buy them from us, right? Buy them from <laughs> me. And then you're also having all these authors saying, well, this book is the system or the, the secret mm -hmm. to how you cram more in. And this is at odds with mindful eating or slowing down in any way or mindful anything, really. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's definitely at odds. Um, and, and that's why it is kind of difficult to get athletes to actually 
do it um, because it's like, well, I got to find time. You know, I got to find time to be able to do this. And it's like, well, you can make time. The time is there. We all have the same 24 hours. Nobody's 24 hours. Is how, long are you right? on in- how long are you on TikTok or Instagram exactly. every day? Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's three, the difference maker. Three, allegedly three hours and eight minutes if you're on two or yes. more platforms. And that was pre-pandemic. Yep. So, And that Brianna, sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Brianna, what's the... So if if there's a player listening right now or a coach and, you know, if I'm if I'm a player, I'm like, yeah, but Brianna, I'm, I, when I eat my team meals, there's, there's my 10 teammates are around me. Somebody's passing me a phone. Somebody's passing me the, the, the next plate of food or whatever. There's a lot going on. Is there a strategy or two? And you mentioned, put your feet on the ground. You mentioned, is there something that you start with people and just say, you could do that in a chaotic team meal environment. If you just focus on this one basic strategy to start with. Yeah, I would say the number one thing to start with is a deep breathing mm. because you can really, you can do that even if there's a lot of people around, right? Because that's an internal thing, right? Yeah. So you can, you can literally sit there and be seeing things going on and slowly. Right. You know, and you're, you know, even if, if the people are like, hey, pass me that, you know, do this, do that. People are talking. You can still shut it down for a minute, right? Focus Internally. You know, you're, you're focusing on the breath. So you're really kicking off your digestion right there at that particular moment in time is where it starts. Um, And so that's number one. And then number two is the mechanical digestion, just chewing your food. Mm. So if, even if you're in in the midst of a conversation, okay, you can't be talking and chewing and doing all the things, right? So allow the conversation to happen, you know, and then when that conversation takes a little bit of a break, take a bite, chew, really chew it. Don't start, you know, talking with someone else before you finish that, you know, so there are things that you can do that you have control over the breathing, the chewing are things that you can have control over, even if you can't, you know, deal with the focusing, or if you have people that are saying, Hey, bro, look at this, you know, like, check out this beat, let's get on this TikTok dance or whatever, you know, those are, you can say no every now and then, but if that's inevitable, the breathing, the chewing are two things that you can control in any atmosphere. So powerful. Brianna, I want to be respectful of your mm-hmm. time. We've appreciated this so, so much. I want to get you back to your family. But um, uh, we finish with one question, always the same. This is the Basketball Strong Podcast. And what I'd like you to talk about is um, you could go spiritual with this. You could go technical with this, anything in between. But what does it mean to you to be basketball strong? Mm. To be basketball strong, I think, combines a few different things. So it combines your athletic ability. Um, it combines your mental capacity. And it combines your spirituality, your faith. Um, because those three things together are the only way that you can get from point A to point B and really get out of your career what you want to get out of it. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of people have the talent. A lot of people have the mentality and the talent, um, but a lot of people are missing that last thing, that spirituality, mm. that faith, um, that really is what gives you that hope that can keep you going when times get tough and when you feel like there's nothing left. Um, so if you don't have that faith, seek it out. It's there um, and it's yours for the taking and it can really transform your life. Yeah. And it can come. And that's so well said that sort of, 
triad of, of, you know, power that I think of when you defined basketball strong there and um, having that spiritual anchor can come in many ways, you know, mm -hmm. and, and um, but finding it for, as you said, is, is the key and, and being open to that. Tell um, listeners where they can find you and, and um, what, what you're doing and, and where they can uh, reach out and, and learn more. Yeah. So definitely reach out on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at the athletician. Um, you can also, I also put a lot of stuff on our business page. So at power underscore portions is our Instagram, our business Instagram page. And uh, I put a lot, a lot of information on there. So if you're looking for like sports nutrition resources, you can definitely check out our Instagram page there. Um, you can also find us at gopowerportions.com. So you can reach out to me, email me, through our website. Um, we've got information. We're always putting up blogs on there too. But if you're looking for one-on-one -on -one stuff, we have some programs um, that are built for athletes. So check us out there, gopowerportions.com. Well, this has Amazing. been a blessing. And yeah, thank you for so how, how thoughtful you are, how enthusiastic you are, and how mission-driven you are. It's um, You're making a, a real positive difference in the world, and we appreciate you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's show, and we hope you did, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen to podcasts on. And so you never miss a weekly episode, be sure to subscribe and follow. You can find previous episodes on our show website. That's www.basketballstrongpodcast.com. For more basketball performance resources and nagging injury solutions, follow me on Instagram at TD Athletes Edge, and follow Phil at Phil White Books. Until next week's episode, stay basketball strong. <laughs>